from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. On this episode of Newt's World, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released the September 2022 Consumer Price Index Report on October 12th. Over the last 12 months... The All Items Index increased 8.2%. Increases in shelter, food, and medical care indexes were the largest of many contributors to the monthly seasonally adjusted All Items Increase. The Energy Index, however, increased 19.8% for the 12 months ending September, a smaller increase than the 23.8% increase for the period ending August. The Food Index increased 11.2% over the last year. These numbers, of course, you know in your own pocket because when you go to the gas station or you go to the grocery store, you're personally seeing this. All of these stats mean consumers are paying more for everything. And one way we can reduce energy costs is by renewing American energy independence. And remember, energy goes into everything. It's the cost of goods delivered to the store. It's the cost of food being raised. It's amazing how pervasive energy is going through the entire economy. Today, I'm really pleased to welcome two guests who firmly agree that the United States should use its own resources to create energy independence. My first guest is the representative for Ohio's 12th Congressional District, Congressman Troy Balderson, and Matt Hammond, spokesman for the Empowerment Alliance.
Troy and Matt, welcome and thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Thank you for having us, Mr. Speaker. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Matt, let's start by discussing the four pillars of the Empowerment Alliance. Well, essentially, Mr. Speaker, it is about affordable energy for families, clean energy for our environment, abundant energy for our future, American energy for our security. The thing that I love about the Empowerment Alliance is for so long, the industry has been on their heels instead of being proactive and engaging and trying to put the anti-fossil fuel development crowd. The Empowerment Alliance is set up to do that, to punch back instead of the industry always kind of being on their heels. We want to put the anti-fossil fuel crowd on their heels. That's a great thing about it. Additionally, we have a declaration of energy independence, which I want to thank you and Troy for being signers. We have approximately 1,100 signers today of all levels of elected officials from folks like yourself, President George W. Bush, Leader McCarthy, members of Senate Congress. But that also flows down to governors. All five statewide office holders in Ohio have signed it. A significant number of members of the General Assembly have signed it. And on top of that, it's not just for state, federal government levels. It is for township trustees. It's for candidates who might be running for local office, county commissioners or candidates that are running. So we've really got a pretty impressive list of supporters that believe in those four pillars that the Empowerment Alliance has set out. Troy, let me ask you for a second, because you've, you've both been in the state legislature and now you're in Congress. Have you found the Empowerment Alliance helpful in that sense in educating elected officials? Oh, I think it's huge. I mean, the outreach that they do, the work that they do is absolutely phenomenal. And Matt's been leading that organization and it continues to grow. It's something that I'm advocating for and pushing very hard. I will continue to do that. I work arm in arm, hand in hand with them. When we did the House resolution, they're the ones that kind of grabbed it with me to make it happen. And the organization has been absolutely phenomenal. And look, that's what they're here to do. And, and I've actually had them come back to D.C. and speak to members of Congress and address them and continue to guide them and, and answer any questions that they, they may have about the empowerment and what it does and what it means for this country. You know, I think what people don't realize is when you talk, for example, about natural gas, because of new technologies of getting it, the amount of natural gas available in the United States is just staggering. And in particular, the Marcellus Shale, which is in the Appalachian Basin, goes across New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Maryland, Tennessee, Virginia, and Kentucky. So it's an enormous formation. And near it is the Utica Shale which is in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Maryland, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, and part of Canada. So for people who think that oil and gas industry is essentially out west, there's an enormous volume on the East Coast. And combined, the Marcellus and Utica Shell deposits contain something like 214 trillion cubic feet of recoverable natural gas. But there are bottlenecks in Appalachia, and we could, in fact, dramatically increase our production. Today, despite the bottlenecks, the Marcellus and Utica shales account for 34% of all U.S. output. And Pennsylvania's marketed natural gas production, primarily from the Marcellus shale, reached a record 7.1 trillion cubic feet in 2020. And the state is the nation's second largest natural gas producer after Texas, which is 
sort of ironically appropriate since the first oil wells were actually in western Pennsylvania and not in eastern Texas. So there's a huge increase in Ohio, which has become a very big producer. And Troy, you see this up close at hand in the area you represent. Can you talk about what the oil and gas boom has done for southeast Ohio over the last decade? Yeah, Mr. Speaker, it's changed the whole dynamics of this state, predominantly the southeastern part of Ohio and the eastern portion of Ohio. Back in the whole Appalachia region and the basin and some of those other states that you talked about, coal was such a big energy provider, but also a provider of employment. And in that downturn, when coal started fading away somewhat, I don't want to say it's completely gone, but it started fading away drastically in that time frame of 2010 to 2011 is when the Unica Shale came into play. It was a game changer for the communities that were supported by the coal industry, but for those communities to have now the Utica shale industry come in, people were hired, communities were thriving again, small business owners from the tire shops to the mechanic shops, the restaurants, the hotel business, everything came back to life again. And something that also doesn't get talked about too much is what these companies that came in and the companies that were here existing, they became part of it also with their employment. But what they did for the schools. And there's several references of weight rooms, athletic facilities that were being donated to these local schools. More importantly, some of the educational pieces, iPads. And it was just a game changer in that time frame when we were losing jobs in that coal industry for the oil and gas shale play to come in. It couldn't have been in a better time. And it's continuing to grow. There has been a downlay here in the last couple of years. But you know, as we speak today, I know of several wells that are going to start being drilled here in the near future. I remember back in 2001, 2002, I would talk to the American Chemical Association, and they were really worried because we were running out of natural gas, and they thought the price was going to keep going up and that most chemical production was going offshore. And nowadays, because of the breakthroughs in technology, I think natural gas is eight times more expensive in Japan than in the U.S., and that's given us both the natural gas industry, but it's allowed us to rebuild things like our chemical industry and others. What's the job effect of that been, Troy? It's been huge. And Mr. Speaker, you brought up a great point, you know, from a cracker facility that was being built across the Ohio River, just outside Pittsburgh. There was also a conversation and talks. And I think those talks are still continuing to this day that are going to happen here in, in Ohio. And it's been going on and the conversation has been going. But I think the more that we start releasing the energy that we have available here in Ohio, in West Virginia, in Pennsylvania, in Kentucky, the more conversation that that will happen. So the American Chemistry Council, I mean, I was involved with them also a lot. And what we were doing with that and the ethane and the propane, everything that this country needs is right here in our backyard. And Ohio has it figured out. We just need to get the rest of the country to figure it out and this administration for that matter. Can either of you explain to me, I think one of the most fascinating examples of the damage politicians can do is the state line between New York and Pennsylvania. I mean, Pennsylvania has created a huge number of jobs. Exactly the same shale formation is in New York. And the politicians of New York have basically killed the industry. Does either of you have an explanation for why New York's so anti-energy and anti-jobs? Mr. Speaker, that is a phenomenal question that is a head-scratcher for us. Exactly to your point, what we have talked about within the industry is there are farmers in you know, Southern New York, literally watching people make a lot of money on lease bonus payments, royalties. And it's got to be infuriating to them because people in Albany and, you know, obviously the influence that New York City has, 
uh, within the state government, it's killed it. But it's not just from a development standpoint either. Think past New York, you can't build a pipeline through New York. So what does that do for the New England states? Where are they getting their gas from? How much more are they paying for natural gas versus what people are paying here in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania? And it gets pretty cold in the New England states last time I checked. As people go out to buy heating oil this month, the sticker shock is going to be amazing in New England. But go ahead, Troy. Now, Mr. Speaker, I was just going to say, I think it's the lack of knowledge by these local elected officials. And, you know, to me, that's what we need to be aggressive with, communicating, educating, whether members of Congress, but these local governments. I mean, you know, here in the state of Ohio, Governor DeWine has done a really good job. The prior administration has done a really good job with this industry. They understand the impact that it is here in the state of Ohio, the state legislature and signing the law by the governor, DeWine, that, you know, local governments can't ban natural gas and investment. That's a terrible word when we start saying we're going to ban this or we're going to ban that. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't think should be part of our vocabulary, but, you know, it is. And it's, it's kind of funny. I think about it because it's fun to see, you know, when you go to Southeastern Ohio and you talk to some of these farmers and working people and, you know, one farmer says to the other, how'd you get that new John Deere combine? And he said, well, I had a Utica shale well, man, that's how I got that. So, you know, the jealousy, sometimes it goes back and forth. And, you know, they say, well, like, how do I get involved in that? What can I do to be a part of that so I can reinvest back not only in my county and my locals, but invest in, in my family and build new homes and put all those people to work and get that new Ford F-150 truck. So it's a good policy to have, not to ban anything. So To Troy's point as well, I mean, Ohio State government hasn't broken to what I call anti-development crowd, not necessarily environmentalists, because you can be an environmentalist and support domestic energy. But the anti-development crowd in New York was very loud, a lot of New York City-based, Albany, and they just caved to it. And it's really unfortunate. I was talking with somebody who is a gourmet chef who uses natural gas and then doesn't think you can cook as well with electricity because you can't control it accurately. And yet the New York City Council is effectively banning new hookups for heat, hot water, and kitchen stoves starting in 2024. I mean, if you think about all the different restaurants in New York, this is kind of an insane policy. I don't get it. It's so unfortunate. And to take that ability away from these people, it's lack of education, Mr. Speaker. I, I just think people don't realize. And, you know, I like to share some of the stories because, I mean, I pinch myself. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do. But, you know, when Matt and I and we did the making natural gas part of the green portfolio, the best story that I've had so far is, is that, you know, there's a Central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio TV station there. And we were actually in a soybean field that was owned by this, you can't make this stuff up, by Mr. Bean. And it had a pump jack and two tanks that were there. And we made this major announcement that we were doing this house resolution for natural gas. And the best question and the best thing that I got up after it was all done, the cameraman and the reporter from the Central High Columbus State, I mean, he came up to me and he said, this is it. And I told him, I said, this is the footprint, that this is all it is. And then we have these fields of renewable, these large windmills with the solar fields that are out there. And five miles down the road from the location we were sitting is going to be the largest microchip investment in this country, which Intel. So and, and that's part of the 12th Congressional District. And, you know, I'm having those conversations with Intel now saying, look, you have a hundred year abundance of natural gas here, the cleanest form of energy that we have 
that's available to us. So I think those are the best things that we can share. You know, Matt does a really good job in his role with what he does. The empowerment team gets out and educates legislators. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Troy, you actually introduced House Resolution 1148 to recognize the benefits of natural gas. What does that do? You know, it's just acknowledging the importance of natural gas, the efficiency of natural gas, and the cleanness. I mean, we all talk about what our clean and the renewable piece is, but, you know, we have to look at natural gas and nuclear as part of that clean energy. I mean, it is the cleanest form of energy. And, Mr. Speaker, that came about a, about a year ago, and I was reading the Wall Street Journal in November, and I saw an article where the EU was going to consider making nuclear and natural gas part of the renewable green energy. And I thought, why can't we do that here? That's fantastic. And, you know, reaching out, working with Matt, working with the Alliance Group and several other folks, we got that introduced. Now, we did take the nuclear piece out of it right now, but we had those conversations. Everyone said, why not? I mean, it's the truth and it's what it is. So, you know, we're going to continue working on that resolution, moving it forward. We have over 20 co-sponsors right now, Mr. Speaker, and we're doing what I said that we should do, and that's educating legislators, members of Congress, local governments, but also our constituents that we represent. If I can, Troy, add to that, and I think you're getting to a great point. It is a false choice that you can have clean and affordable energy at the same time. You know, you have to pick one. That's insane. 
Because natural gas, to your point, Troy, clean, green, but also affordable. And right now where the economy is for renewables, they're not economical right now. They're not ready to take over a big portion of the grid. They produce about 3 to 5% of the electricity in the state of Ohio. We can't live off that. Well, you know, I think we're about to see a very painful case study in Europe that when you cut out all of the things that work and are affordable and you rely on technological fantasies, they're going to have a very tough winter. There was an estimate that as much as 40% of the houses in Great Britain may end up with black mold because the climate is so wet that if you don't keep it heated, you have a natural infestation. And then black mold forces you ultimately to tear the house apart because it gets into your lungs and it's really dangerous. I think in Europe, the reality is beginning to punish them so much that they're actually shifting in terms of some of their attitudes from where they had been. But shouldn't we be learning from that? If we had energy independence today, we could easily have replaced Russian natural gas. We'd be making more money. We'd have more jobs. And our allies would be dramatically stronger and safer. I mean, what am I missing in that formula? Well, Mr. Speaker, I think you're right. Germany, to me, is the poster child. They shut down all their coal-fired power plants. They immediately tried to flip the switch, again, trying to follow the progressiveness of the European Union. And it is going to do, and has done, significant harm to the people that the government claims to represent. If we want to go down this path to where the anti-fossil fuel crowd wants to go, have those people take a trip over to Germany this winter and see what it's going to be like. Because it's going to be miserable. You're right. They're in a bad spot. They're going to be more reliable on Russian gas. Now, we can ramp up LNG exports, but that's going to take time and increase in oil and gas development. And hasn't the Biden administration actually dramatically weakened our incentives for development and our ability. I mean, if we had been continuing at the rate we were in 2020, we'd have vastly more natural gas and substantially lower prices, wouldn't we? A hundred percent. What this administration has done, even starting with the first day on the moratorium on federal lands and canceling the Keystone Pipeline, Mr. Speaker, that immediately sets in uncertainty to an industry that needs certainty. So, there have been news articles out there about key executives from large oil and gas companies trying to work with the Biden administration to figure out a plan on, okay, if we drill these wells and we build these production lines and these midstream gathering lines, are you going to allow trans large-scale transmission lines to move this gas across the country to be built? And there is obviously a he said, she said part of this conversation where the Biden administration just says, well, you know, they don't want to do it. We have 9,000 or some permits on federal lands and nobody's doing anything with them. Well, why would you drill a well if you don't know that that well, that gas is, has a place to go to different markets? It's a bad business decision. And that's why you're seeing a lag right now. Troy, you mentioned that the huge investment in your district in a new chip manufacturing facility. Talk just for a second about what I mean. When somebody comes along and says, I want to put billions of dollars in, they've got to have some kind of stability because that's got to be a 10, 15, 20-year payout. That's not a next weekend. We have made Ohio really business-friendly, and it's been 
so much fun to be part of that. And, you know, I was in the state legislature prior to this. I mean, as chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee in the Senate, but to watch this happen. And we have a Honda reinvestment in this state. So, again, I think that goes back to what we have done here in the past. The past administration that was here prior to this DeWine Houston administration has been fantastic. The state legislators here are going to continue to make Ohio business friendly. We're on the map. But the investments here are big. And, you know, one of the reasons that I feel like Ohio is part of that is, is because our energy resources. I mean, we have a hundred years of abundant, clean energy, and we've got to continue talking about that and making sure that these investments and these companies that are making these investments understand that. There should be some very public recognition and education on what natural gas and oil companies are doing from an ESG standpoint, environmental social governance standpoint. It has been a major movement it is not going anywhere in every single large shale producer that is out there is finding ways to reduce their carbon footprint. And the industry has stepped up time and time again. I think it's the most innovative, flexible, quick to move industry in the world. And they are continuing to do better. And that's just going to keep going. That comes with the education piece that Troy's been talking about, whether it's local communities, whether it's a state legislature in Ohio or whatever state. There's got to be a recognition for that because they are driving every day to reduce their carbon footprint. And they want to. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
natural gas has so much less of a carbon footprint than coal that shifting to natural gas from coal has actually cut 50% more emissions than wind and solar power combined and is responsible for 61% of the U.S. electricity generation CO2 reduction. I mean, why is it so hard to get the more fanatic greens to understand that, in fact, natural gas fits perfectly into their model as a transition which is both affordable, available on a worldwide basis, and it actually works, whereas the technologies they're trying to invent right now may well be 20 to 50 years away from being affordable. You can get it to work, it's just you can't afford it. I go back 10 to 15 years, maybe. Groups like the Sierra Club were promoting natural gas because they thought it was a bridge fuel from coal that would be cleaner than coal, but certainly, Mr. Speaker, not clean enough by their standards. But they thought it was going to give them time to ramp up renewable projects. They turned on a dime when they found out that we have approximately a 100-year supply of natural gas. And they knew that is a very, very long bridge for them. Assuming they're competing on a level playing field, let the market decide, not giving subsidies to one industry sector of the industry over the other. And when they figure that out, they just flip their position overnight. So the problem was it was actually going to work. Troy, don't you find when you talk to some of your colleagues in the Congress that you just can't get past whatever their logic train is? I mean, the facts just don't seem to penetrate. Mr. Speaker, you know, everyone sometimes will say, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people say, how do you do this? I, don't, I, don't know. I mean, when I was out with the, you know, the ag guys yesterday and they were harvesting their corn and, you know, I don't know how you do it, Troy. I'm just, I'm glad you're over there doing it. It's challenging, but look, we can't give up, Mr. Speaker, and you know that. I mean, you know that better than you know Matt and I, and, and and what you've done and what you've done for this country. We got to keep on digging and pushing what we know are factual. A lot of people are going to start seeing it in their pocketbooks. I think a lot of people that haven't accepted, you know, what we're trying to educate them with and communicate and talk with them about. We talked a little bit at the very beginning about, you know, diesel fuel being down to a 24, 25 day supply. When they can't get that bush light, as I told you, the beer distributor that reached out to me yesterday morning, and they can't get that bush light when they start seeing their products that are at the grocery store right now, which are already at the highest they've ever been. You know, these transportation costs are going to be passed on also to the consumer. And I think that'll help us a little bit, Mr. Speaker. I don't know that that gets us to where we want to be. And it's got to fall on us as Republicans. And Leader McCarthy is doing a great job with this, with his commitment to America. And Mr. Speaker, we're grateful for all the help that you've done. I mean, you've talked to us down at our retreat at the very beginning of the year. I think that's what's going to make the difference and have people understand the impact that energy is going to have on their lives. I don't think people realize, for example, you know, natural gas goes into fertilizer. The, the cost of diesel fuel goes directly into everything from running your tractor to the truck that picks up the dairy product or the crop to the truck that takes it to the grocery store. The cost of petroleum products goes into packaging. There are so many different layers where natural gas and oil multiply in the system in a way you never quite think about. And somebody was estimating that the shortage of diesel is going to add 20% to the cost of groceries because virtually all groceries are delivered by trucks that use diesel. And this sort of thing ripples through the whole economy and bites everybody's pocketbook. At the same time, 
in Ohio and Pennsylvania are great examples. If you really develop energy independence, you create thousands and thousands of high-paying jobs. And if you don't, then you're asking Venezuela or Canada or somebody else to create thousands and thousands of high-paying jobs because the product's still going to be used. We are a major center of reducing the carbon footprint. The United States has been an extraordinary leader in doing that. And a large part of that's been because of natural gas. I mean, over 30%. And when you say that stat that we've done that, the rest of the other countries around the world combined have not done what the United States has done. And again, we just got to keep pounding, 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 talking about it. I, I want to you know, retract just a little bit and, and understanding it goes back to making sure that you know our elected officials, something that we did here in Ohio, and Matt and I will give a shout out to our good friend, Todd Snitchler. Todd was chairman of the PUCO back when the Utica Shale boom. Craig Butler was the director of the high EPA, great energy minds that they are, and they've moved on. But we would go to Pennsylvania to see what they were doing so we could come back to Ohio and even make it better. We would learn from what they went through. And I think that, you know, we should continue working with other states as we do that. And, you know, Matt said the same thing. I mean, the producers want to become efficient. And for this administration to react the way that they did when the Saudis made the decision that they made two weeks ago is pathetic. And for the administration to want to go back over to not friends of ours at all, they can't stand us, and to be upset with them because they didn't help us when right here in our backyard, we have everything that we need here. As you said, Mr. Speaker, in the very beginning, in 2020, we were the leaders in the world with natural gas. The impact that we're going to see from Germany, I think that goes back to Hopefully, the media covers that correctly, the impact of the cost of energy in Europe and in Germany. And people will also be have an eye-opening experience with that, too, saying, oh, wow, we don't want to have that happen here in the United States. I want to thank both of you for joining me today and for helping me and our listeners understand what we need to renew American energy independence and how using our own natural gas resources within the United States can help us get there. I'm also going to post on our show page a link to the Empowerment Alliance so that people can be involved. And we're going to post a link, Troy, to your resolution so people can also encourage their member of Congress to co-sponsor it and to join you. And I assume you're going to be reintroducing it in the next Congress. I will be, Mr. Speaker. Yes, thank you. And we'll keep you posted on that, too. That'll be great. I have a hunch in the next Congress, you're going to have a much friendlier leadership towards natural gas and towards American energy independence than we've had in the current Congress. Exactly, Mr. Speaker. And again, thank you for all your help with that. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you to my guests, Congressman Troy Balderson and Matt Hammond. You can learn more about renewing American energy independence on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. And this episode of Newt's World was brought to you by the Empowerment Alliance. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.